बर्थडे पार्टी स्ट्रेटेजी फॉर पेरेंट्स टू मीडिया स्ट्रेटेजी फॉर द प्राइम मिनिस्टर कमिंग राइट अप Pongal and Makar Sankranti greetings to all you are listening to attention please podcast on talking stuff network we are recording this on 13th january india time thank you for all the love and kind words for the previous episode which had smita prakash we don't have a guest today which means you get 100% pure arnab fun so let's get right to it hey arnab you must be exhausted from the birthday party for your girl how yes. old is she now she turned 6 today so for those of you who don't know and i I overshare my family life on social media. Quite well aware of that. Uh, was my daughter six? She turned six today. So well, this was the first time that we are actually staying in the U.S. for her birthday. Uh, previously, for all the years, I would actually go to India to promote my book, and this was around the time when Sultan of Delhi came out. Uh, I was there for Kolkata Late Meet la- last year. So pretty much, besides her first birthday. I think all the times we had been in India, for so she'd never had kind of an U.S. birthday, which was, which she obviously didn't like because of course uh, when we went to India, none of her friends would be invited. It would mostly be people she didn't know, uh, which was really the way you know we'll come to that. But that was the way we used to have our birthdays. We'd hardly have our friends, <laughs> but but uh, so this was the first time that she actually uh, we moved to California this year. So this was. Uh, A new set of friends from uh, what she had. Plus, of course, her school would have changed. She's in kindergarten, so we, we had a lot of, and a few of our friends over. We fortunately, I'm, I'm like dead tired, even though I shouldn't be because we didn't hold the party in our house. Uh, we went to a place called Chuck E. Cheese, which is uh, you know, essentially a place where people have birthday parties. I think that's what distinguishes them from most other places. But they're nice. I mean, since they do like a A gazillion number of birthday parties every day. They're fairly efficient at it, so they have a nice process. Um, it was very good. It was a very good experience, I would say. Uh, minus one or two snafus. You find it very stressful. I mean, I know you've outsourced the large part of it. So, what parts do you plan, and what do, what goes into what's taken care of by Chucky Cheese? So it depends on how much you're paying them. Um, if you if you pay them enough, they'll take care of everything really. But we, what we paid them is we, 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 we got the return gifts. We bought the cake from them, of course. Uh, that was so. The thing with Chucky e. Cheese is you can't bring any food from outside. So they really make right. the money on the food. But the only thing you're allowed to bring from outside is cake and ice cream. This is winter and it's raining, so we didn't have ice cream. Uh, but we, we got the cake. We didn't bring it from outside. We got it from from Chucky e. Cheese because they seemed reasonable. Plus, there would be another thing. I would have to get the cake and you know bring it to Chucky e. Cheese without. the the frosting getting smeared on the on the plastic cover which is always a challenge <laughs> uh so so we we did all of it we, the only thing that we did was we we bought our own return gifts and we packed them and uh, yeah the cake and the return gifts are like the make or break for a party i don't know about the us but in india at least it's the cake and the return gift you got to really nail about, them so tell me about this return gift thing because i did i was unaware of the fact that a return gift is of any importance by the way when we were growing up there was The no, return gift was no return gift. There was no concept of return gift. The first time I I I got a return gift, it was I was surprised because it was in a small bag with a pencil sticking out. Um, and the, <laughs> the the return gift was a pencil, and uh, 
pink eraser with a rabbit drawn on the uh, that was a return gift so I'm, I'm i'm guessing that you're saying that that kind of return gift is no longer considered acceptable oh oh man i'll tell you what from uh, my uh, elder girl is 9 years and i've got a 3 year old so from holding my more than my fair share of birthday uh, parties i can tell you one thing you can hold your birthday party in disneyland and give these people a free pass but you will be judged sorely on the return gift and the birthday cake so those are the only two areas i have decided that, you know I, i better put all my efforts into just these two and over the last couple of years yeah i think we have been uh, hitting it out of the park but yeah we have had more than our fair share of misses so tell me what is a what is a bad return gift and what is a good return gift with with concrete examples <laughs> okay there's a science to this okay so it's like it it's, it is walking on eggshell so one one of the things which we did wrong was mm-hmm. uh go we started out with uh, having gender specific uh, return gifts saying you know or uh, having varied ones so, saying okay let's give these kind of things for the boys or let's give these the kind of things for girls my goodness a, that, that that is walking on eggshells in this dna oh that's an inventory nightmare if even more than the political part of it right because you don't know how many boys will are going to show up how many girls are going to show up so next year we refined it by having some uh, boy ones some girl ones and some gender neutral ones okay So, which so were in what yellow the, what is the gender neutral return gift uh, example what is the <laughs> okay if we just talk brands yeah so let's say a benton uh, would be a boy gift anything benton branded anything with disney princess or uh, barbie would be uh, girls so things like uh, i i think uh, uh, minions those yellow little things those are gender specific, uh, gender neutral so we have a bunch of gender neutral ones off late we have started to go only with gender neutral ones because to like i said to avoid uh, uh but to avoid uh, inventory nightmares and go for quantity over quality quantity over quality so what kind so just tell tell me what kind of things do you give if i mean okay. please make it an abstract example if you don't want to specifically say what you give but please <laughs> no I, i i don't mind giving example it's just that i probably don't remember what exactly we gave but uh, last couple of years what we've been doing and even from the successful uh, uh, parties so well, here's one good thing i don't know if it's a good or bad thing but uh, at least in india what's going to happen is when you start giving out the first couple of uh, first couple of children start to leave and you start giving them their party favors for those who don't know what a return gift is uh, I, i believe that's the right term for it but when you start giving out the return gifts party all favors. the kids, party yeah, favors I, I, party favors sounds like a, the, a, a congress working committee so <laughs> 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 moment you start handing out these bags all the kids are going to come over so you're going to be uh, mobbed by those uh, kids and you start handing them out and you would have spent time you know uh, rather not you i would have to say my wife, my wife has spent time uh, gift wrapping and you know tying a bow to each one they're going to be torn apart and they'll pull out these things and start judging them hey this is good hey wow this is great or even worse ha mujhe nahi chahiye and they start trading these things if, if they see somebody else having one you're going to see a trading floor right on on that spot where they start exchanging everybody the same thing why don't you give everybody the same thing so that they can't trade so they will all be universally pissed rookie mistake i we don't do that anymore yeah so the one thing that i have learned in a birthday party which is not got nothing to do because i have never seen this i have never seen uh, you know return gifts being 
such a big deal. I mean, my daughter has gone to birthday parties. We've never, there's never been any any issue with like we've never even looked at the return gift, and I don't think that's ever been. I'm kind of surprised when you say that. But one thing that I've learned in a children's party is I didn't learn it, but I was told this is never have any kind of differentiation with anything with pizza toppings with anything that you can do everybody this is like communism yes. okay this is yes. everything must be the same so do not do not like if even if there is like one more pepperoni on one slice that that other person is going to count so don't just try to minimize these things so that's 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 a general yeah that, that that's absolutely correct yeah yeah don't, don't do keep that. mistake we didn't know this so nowadays what we start to do is we give out these bags with a bunch of smaller stuff in it so it might have uh, it might have a tiffin box to please the parents it might uh, it'll also have a bunch of chocolates because you can't go wrong with them it'll have uh, some weird but useless stuff like you know a couple of years back it was those fidget spinners so whatever is the flavor of the season put one of those in and make up for it hoping that you know of these 10 things hopefully you know these cretins find a couple of them at least useful because they're going to judge right. you this is this is why this is why first of all having kids is stressful and second is because you you have to do it going on and i think because and we can do a show on this because modern parenting is is, is so goddamn tough because oh, in our generation nobody even thought about these because there was no social media so there was no bad parent good parent everybody was a bad parent effectively nobody really cared because nobody really knew nowadays with the amount of demonstration that people have to do so with respect to when once you don't have kids you have to show that you are you are taking your wife out or you you are having a good time we are going to italy uh, look at our look at ourselves frolicking in the snows of switzerland it's all about the demonstration but then once you have kids it just amplifies nowadays not then you not only have to pretend that you're this super adjusted happy couple you also have to show you're now obliged to show that you're great parents also and uh, that kind of you know with what i'm hearing about this and i, I didn't know that you know return gifts was was so stressful maybe once my daughter gets a little older i'll, I'll realize uh, i'll realize what i've uh, gotten myself into yeah i don't know how it was growing up but for me uh, birthdays i mean more people used to come to my birthdays of course in terms of the sheer number of relatives we had and uh, what would happen for my birthday was that uh, people would start coming to my like the birthday party would start like two days before the birthday party so people would start coming from like the people who the, the my uncles who, who 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 did not stay in calcutta would come to our place and stay for like two days it would start from two days. It was a lot of fun in that respect. But most of the people that used to come to our parties were relatives. They were not friends. Friends were not a lot, by the way. And friends' parents, um, like at least over here, all friends, all, all my daughter's friends are accompanied by their parents. So they really form the bulk of the people who are invited. Um, in, in my day and age, all my friends were from the local community. They were from the para. So they just came by themselves and there, there was, there was no parents. So most of like, I would say 70, 80% of the party was older people who, who really, when I was five, six, eight, ten, 10, didn't really care for, but they would, they would be there. The only thing I really cared for in those days was the gifts of course. And, um, pretty much about 20% of the gifts would be the exact same thing. There would be this uh well I'm, I'm exaggerating not 20 percent but about 10 percent 
of uh, the gifts would be i don't know if, if you had the vikram but these very cheap fraud wood bats yes. with a red plastic with a red plastic ball uh you know attached to it uh, you know kind of all encased in plastic yep yep and, I and then since my birthday was in december uh, there would be people who would be you know passing off their uh, their extra uh, cloth piece they would receive during durga puja <laughs> as gifts so it was a sp- particularly bad time to have a birthday because you would get like the and in those and people don't do this nowadays i guess but in those days it was very popular to like people buy buy ready made stuff nowadays but in those days uh people would mostly uh, you know get, they, the the thing they would buy would be a piece of cloth and then they would go to the tailor and make get it made but even by the time i was having my birthday that trend was you know on his declining you know on the declining edge but still you knew it you knew that this guy was giving me something which they had gotten during durga puja and then they wanted to pass it forward uh to obviously somebody they didn't care much for uh but one thing i remember in those days i think this was uh, this was fairly common experience was i couldn't open the gifts by myself my parents would open the gifts because this because the gift wrap would be re- reused <laughs> right and so and so the gift wrapper which would all be just generic red uh, red and white with little flowers on it all of everything um they would be opened with the carefulness of like somebody diffusing a bomb slowly the string would come off and very like oh why have they taped it like this can you give me a scissor uh, like this and so it would take like 10 minutes for the thing and i would be just waiting my goodness what's in it uh but, but i people nowadays at least here they don't gift wrap so they they buy a bag and they put things in it which is which which i believe is is, is a better solution uh because i still think that i, I haven't figured out what 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 i'm supposed to do with 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 gift wrap so i'm still very middle class let, let me throw a grenade into this what's your take on regifting what is regifting which is taking another which is uh, which yeah, is i i plead guilty to it so when we open the gifts and you're going to find a fair share of duplicates there are going to be this generic uh, uh, business with still uh, and uh, you know snakes and ladders a couple of ludos snakes and ladders which would be very carefully and uh, okay uh, full kudos to my wife here where for maintaining uh, an inventory of who's given what that's very important because uh, you know regifting only works yes yeah, so regifting only works if you're doing a very tight inventory control i mean everything must be written with the proper source the last thing you want Absolutely. to do is to give it back to the guy who gave it to you uh which is which 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 is the first tendency of course uh because then the value of the gift is exactly the same because it's exactly what they gave you so you have to be very careful uh when 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 doing that but yeah for me regifting i i have no problems with with regifting is just that you know it's very tough on the child because the child just feels that the gift has gone away unless unless and until you have a strategy for compensating the child for the gift that he or she received that you're going to be giving away i think i think regifting should be avoided i think the strategy for regifting is you don't say it's going to be regifted you don't say it but then it gets regifted kind of silently silently yes. if you say it's going to be regifted then then you're in for trouble yes so you never yes. say that discretion is I, the ideal it's a discretion so you know after some time they'll forget if they got four ludos or five ludos they'll play with only one ludo nobody comes and says oh, i have another ludo nobody does that so only once that phase passes you can safely regift it away but again you have to be very careful 
you have to be very you no 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 there's another big thing about regift that you must always avoid is that there's some 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 sneaky bastards will sneak in a, like to you in the regift <laughs> yes they'll write it with a sharpie or something no 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 they they, they not on the gift but they will write a piece of paper so this is like for instance you get a shirt piece okay so somewhere in the fold of the shirt piece there's a short there's a little piece of paper where they have written your name your name ah. so if you just without unfolding it give it to someone else now you've stepped into it so, so it's very it's it's very it's imperative that you carefully scan the article that you're going to regift and make sure that there are no distinguishing marks that uh, tie it to you as the destination of the gift it's very very important <laughs> well this was not a discussion we planned on having so uh, actually we have not started our show yet but i, I, I was very uh, it was very enjoyable discussion so before we go into our actual show i know this is probably the longest intro we've had a quick word from our sponsor and we'll be right back we are back and of course we've got the rest of the show we've got arnab i think he's what do we what do you have a plan for us today the first thing that i wanted to discuss was of course uh, the famous hardik pandya interview uh, on 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 karan johar's uh, coffee with karan before even even we talk about uh, when i first of all um, i haven't seen the show whatever i have i've because the the show they took it off hotstar apparently yeah even i was considered so explosive uh what i so what i have gleaned from it is purely by reading third party accounts um mostly uh, tempered with outrage but uh some kind of like a you know a, a transcript of what he said like his 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 most sensational or scandalous quotes uh from from the interview first of all for those of you who follow me on twitter you know i don't like hardik pandya i've never liked him i think he's just odious I mean, he just reeks of this, of this assholeness. Um, the the difference between him and Kohli is, you know, to be honest, Kohli is a bit refined on that a whole scale than than Hardik Pandya is. Hardik Pandya just just you just see him through the camera and you just want to be hundred miles away from this guy. Kohli minus talent. Yeah, so Kohli minus talent. I mean, he has some talent. but it's it's a, it's mostly a, a lower level of talent i wouldn't put him beyond the use of pathan at his best so uh, he's at that level he's a c category cricketer um but of course because he unlike yusuf pathan who was who was otherwise a nice guy um you know he he kind of his his wannabeness uh, you know he reeks of it but but before we get to that uh, i think that the main thing is why is why is coffee with karan still a thing i mean I, I, this was this is cuff coffee with karan is i mean it used to be a mildly entertaining show 10 years ago and how long it has been going on um but the problem with coffee with karan is just it has failed to evolve as a show um it's a great platform so karan johar is a culturally significant person whether you like him or hate him and all the people hate him there's no denying the fact that he is he's one of the most he's one of the most important cultural figures of uh, india since independence i would say Now, somebody says say i'm overstating it but that's not true if you look at the influence he's had on uh, on popular culture through his movies the movies he has produced and the knock offs that have been made based on his movies 
there is no doubt that the whole uh, that this whole genre of friends is he friend is he a lover that whole thing that that's that's permeated not just in movies but through popular pulpy fiction that uh, that 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 always occupies a bestseller space they're all variations of kuch kuch hota hai in in a way so he's an extremely culturally significant figure and given his status and given his um i mean he had a a, a bully pulpit uh, there uh he could have make a character show controversial but unfortunately controversy for karan johar is always who sleeping with whom now at one point of time when i guess i was younger um i used to find that mildly interesting um because i was there was there was, there was a prudent interest in the lives of uh, of stars but over the years i think and and, and the prudence comes in when you have a social when when not everybody is leading that life when somebody having premarital sex is 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 so special because nobody actually has the opportunity to have it but over the years that has changed in this country this is this is no longer even titillating in, in that respect so every so i've i've i used to walk, not really watch it because i didn't have indian tv but whenever i would find an episode on youtube or some place <coughs> i would i would see it my wife used to enjoy it a lot um in in those days and over the years he 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 could have evolved the show i mean he could have chosen to be controversial and edgy uh but by going into other things by looking at things like you know casting couch in 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 his industry he's never really he's never really gone into the dark sides of his his industry his his you know casting couch or you know funding from mafia or some of the more you know the real the real controversies the real dark places of bollywood he's never gone he's only the only concern he has even now when he's like a middle aged man like upper middle aged man is like who's sleeping with whom and uh, you're sleeping with his girlfriend next girlfriend isn't it huh? how does it make you feel huh? how does it make you feel that's really all all this show is and the reason why people come on this is just very obvious because he he has so much of influence in the hindi film industry that people are scared I mean, it doesn't matter how big a star you are. Uh, you are afraid of Karan Johar because of the amount of you know amount and the amount of clout he has. Uh, so I can totally understand why, and you can sometimes see. I've seen some of the later shows that you could see that the people who are there are they're not really liking it, but they're just there because you know the the consequences of not being there. They they realize what the consequences could mean. And and again, one thing with Karan Johar is. Uh, as as i would say not openly but fairly openly gay the most prominent most famous openly gay person in india he he could have done a lot more with you know with making us more tolerant with with kind of changing people's attitude but he did none of that he did none of that you know he made dostana he made you know he 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 was he strangely strangely repre- you know strangely i would say regressive despite being somebody who's you know pretty much openly gay so i've always found this part of him to you know kind of not line up um and you know i admire karan johar in in men with many respects i mean i've i read his book um i admire him because of uh because of the way that he changed uh the movie industry i mean maybe for the bad but whatever it is he's i i love bollywood or i used to love bollywood 
just to play devil's advocate or uh, i do agree with you that yeah he is in a position where he can influence the uh, acceptability of uh, you know uh, lgbt in 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 india but does he really owe it to the community i mean can we just say okay because he is gay though of course i don't think he's ever come out with the formal you know coming out statement but he's made it as obvious as he can but does he owe it to the community that now the time let me make do something to the he, he does i mean i think i think there is a and that's 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 an important point is that when you are when you have made it i mean you obviously have the choice of not of not doing it there's nobody's you're taking a gun to your head and saying you have to do it but when you know against a pervasive prejudice when somebody breaks through and he is not broken through by the way he is broken through because of his privilege his dad was a very rich guy if you read his autobiography he's in he's he's supremely unaware almost childishly unaware of his privilege so he writes yeah. you know almost naively that uh you know when we were growing up we didn't have a lot of money we didn't you know we had a middle class uh, existence my dad's movies never really worked so we never really had a lot of money the only little thing that we had was his his other businesses and oh we went for a holidays in france and you know every summer <laughs> and we could only go to america perhaps once or twice you know maybe three years we'll go twice or something but you know we didn't we didn't have a lot of things that other people have are going when he's saying this without even understanding I mean, he's so ensconced. He's so covered in his like, in his cocoon of privilege that he doesn't even realize what he's saying. So, in in a way, he's he's very naive and made and 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 his fame he's gotten is because of his privilege. I mean, if you if you see if he himself says that the reason he got into movies was because you know Aditya Chopra, he was friends with Aditya Chopra. Aditya Chopra took him as an assistant director first before assistant director, costume designer, which he was fairly good at. and then assistant director and then there he became good friends with Shahrukh Khan and Kajol and they said they want to work with him on his next movie when he makes his movie and he was like he said i was not confident i would be able to make a movie and Shahrukh Khan said you know you you definitely can make a movie so i made a movie so his normally people struggle to get somebody like Shahrukh Khan to come for him he Shahrukh Khan's already signed on to his project and then he comes and then he becomes a director so you know he's he he it's not that he worked for any of this he got it i'm not holding it against him but given that he got so much of it on a platter i would have expected him to have been a little bit more uh activist in this respect i don't expect him to kind of walk on the streets with a with a jhanda in his hand but he didn't he he actually he, he never even went there and uh, in contrast i would like to point out to uh, to another example of a, of a director uh, who you would not know but he's a bengali director he's no longer with us his name was rituporno right. yeah and rituporno was also uh, he was also a member of the lgbtq community but he, and of course he was nowhere as privileged as he was he was an amazing movie director but he he tried in his way to kind of uh, kind of you know kind of try to break that why is uh, why is a gay man by definition funny he had he he once called on his show this guy called me right might have mentioned this in a previous yes, podcast yes. who was a, who was a comedian and this guy is a comedian and you know he's he's kind of like kapil sharma 
a little bit of a better version than Kapil Sharma, insanely popular in Bengal. And so he brought this guy and he said, look, I mean, so he had, so this, this guy had, uh, had a running skit where he would basically play Rituporno. So Rituporno was, you know, he would, he would have a purse and he would talk in a very effeminate voice and he would obviously, you know, play the role that, oh, I'm gay. And it was obviously targeted at Rituporno. Rituporno called this guy and said, look, you know, it was, a, and as I said before, when he made that point, I didn't understand the point, you know, now I understand the point that he made. It was an excellent point. He said, look. You know, when you when you do that skit, I know it's targeted at me, and uh, I don't mind because you know there's nothing you can do which can affect me. But I know that you're not just making fun of me; you're making fun of effeminate men who ne- who have a terrible life because of who they are. And what you're doing is you're making you're making his life even worse by doing this. Are you absolutely unaware of? you know, of how, how big an idiot you are. And Mir, of course, lost it. And they had a, you know, it was a, it was, it was a reality show at its best. So, you know, Mir like gave it back to him because he's a comedian. He was, he was shocked. He had walked in, you could see from it. This was not pre-scripted. And this was not the kind of gentle ribbing which goes on in Karan Joha's show. This was Ritupon really coming at him with fangs and saying, are you, are you totally unaware of the power of the platform that you have? of the difference you can make, but you choose to, you know, go for this lowest common denominator of humor and you think you're making fun of me. And this guy said, no, 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 no. You're upset that I make fun of you. He said, no, I'm not upset you're making fun of me. You're making fun of people like me. That's my problem. Um, I'm just, you, 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 you make it look like me because everybody can recognize me, but that's not the person. You're not making fun of Ritu Porno person and, and, and be honest enough to accept that. So it was a very, very subtle point. And I think he did what should have been done, given the given he had a talk show, just like Karan Johar. And even with his talk show, I mean, his talk show wasn't always serious. It was very much like frivolous and fun. And it was not that he was always tackling issues. but on And that was why Mir was so surprised. And everybody was so surprised. It was a very genteel place. And then he just went at him uh, without having told him. So I think Karan Johar could have done this. He, 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 had, he had a bully pulpit. And really, given his stature, nobody could have even said anything to him. But he chose to be the person behind Dostana and, and you know, movies like that. But again, this is, this is, I've made it a lot about Karan Johar because I think it's more important that the focus be on Karan Johar than Hardik Pandya. Because <clears throat> with, with the case of Hardik Pandya, I was, again, it's, it's, does Hardik Pandya deserve what he's gotten? And I think this is a very divisive issue and, you know, discussing it walks on eggshells. But I think that the main issue is, and many people have said, and I, I kind of agree with them, that first of all, there was no, he was not, ex- there was nothing non-consensual in what he was saying. Mm-hmm. But what he was talking about was a kind of objectivization of women. And unfortunately, that is a concomitant of the bar club lifestyle where i mean for anybody for a woman also when you go and meet you're not looking at a person as a human being you're looking at a person as a conquest you're looking at a person as an assemblage of body parts that's unfortunately you know that's part of the club culture that's part of you know it's also the part of i would honestly say an arranged marriage culture this is the more controversial thing you know ultimately how do you make a judgment based on one interaction in a classical arranged marriage i'm not saying you know people have kind of morphed beyond that in this day and age. 
but the problem is that there are things which the, the way it was not so much what he was saying but the way he was saying it and it comes comes to really um somebody like him who's who's kind of novio rich he suddenly become rich and he unfortunately he doesn't realize the context that he's talking he's not he's this you know this whole thing about locker room talk but dude you're not in a locker you're you're on a public show you have a million dollar ipl contract and that's the problematic part that he doesn't even realize that what he's saying is beyond the pale that this is not something which in this day and age is socially accepted um for him to talk for him to talk about it like that for him the language he's using again i haven't seen the program but i've read the transcripts but the way he's talking about people the way he's going co- co- saying telling his parents oh man i'm no longer a virgin man i mean th- this 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 and 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 that's again i'm not saying that that's not the way people think i'm just saying that that's not how you should be talking on a public program given the position that you have and you have free speech yes but you also but you also have to face the consequence of that free speech in today's world yeah i was asking you do you think the outrage or uh, the discussion would have been different if instead of hardik pandya and kl rahul you had somebody from the entertainment industry let's say some emerging hero or uh, some somebody more uh, likely to be on uh, coffee with karan no emerging heroes don't talk like that that's the thing this is the problem with with, with the pandyas of the world they, they see the emerging heroes of the of of bollywood the varun dhawans of the of, they have grown up in an atmosphere the way they have been groomed to be stars they know they know better so ranveer kapoor or ranveer singh or uh, the varun dhawan or tiger shroff or whoever the next you know big big hot guy is i don't know who 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 it is nowadays but they will uh, they might think like that by the way they might do things like that they might go into a club and do exactly but they will not come to coffee with karan and say those things because they know because they are aware and that's that's really where it's sad for hardik pandya that he did not get that privilege while growing up um he's suddenly been thrust into fame and this and he dresses weird i mean this 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 is this reminds you so much of vinod kambli except that vinod kambli i think actually had a little bit more talent than this guy uh but it reminds you know, it it reminds you so much of vinod kambli that you know fame comes but he's just unable to cope with the fame he's unable to change his behavior nobody says that fame and being in the public eye should not change your behavior there is there is if 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 you feel that's hypocritical well that is one of the costs of being a public figure you can and th- by the way all the all this all these adventures that he's confessing to i even doubt if all of them are true also but even if let's assume they're true that is also coming because of the position he's gained you know if, if hardik pandya was uh was hardik w- w- was a ranji trophy player um and he did not dress up like the you know the, the way he dresses you know he wouldn't have those experiences which he is claiming to have so when you get those as part of whatever you've achieved you also open yourself to talking in a certain way um and i think what he and rahul rahul have displayed is this arrogance and i think this is why in somebody could say that their punishment is 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 not proportional to their crime 
that there's nothing non-consensual. I mean, people who have uh, who have been accused of you know multiple accounts of non-consensual sexual interaction have you know have had no consequence. This guy has been banned. I read today that you know they're going to investigate him. And Diana Dulce had said if it's, if it means that they won't play in the World Cup, so be it. I mean, it's whatever it is. The fact is, in today's day and age, uh, celebrities uh, have to. You know they have to coach themselves. Somebody has to coach them. I don't know what it is. They have to get. You know they have. They 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 they're rich enough uh, to hire image consultants. And when you're going to coffee with Karan, see one of the things about Karan Johar, which is we bring me back to this, is Karan Johar. You know when he brings Hardik Pandya dressed like he is, I'm absolutely hundred percent sure that Karan Johar is also laughing at. Him. See, Karanjur is extremely conscious about style, about class. His book is full of it. So when he sees, he brings these guys as kind of like these, you know, strange animals, uh, like these strange cockatoos that he then wants to like see how much he can manipulate and get them to, you know, you know, piss in their trousers, you know, and he totally manipulates. I mean, I haven't seen it, but I'm hundred percent sure because he does that with everybody who comes. I mean, he's good in that respect. What makes him a good interviewer is besides the fact that he has that he can get away with asking questions that with nobody else can because of his clout. But it's also true that he he manipulates very well his questions. And again, most of his times, his targets are people who are who have been groomed uh, to withstand the Karanjor. You know, David Dhawan, you cannot break him. No matter what he does, you can't break him. He knows. He knows what he can say, what he can't say. He's been trained to be a hypocrite, or oh, sure. But you know, being famous means that you have to be a hypocrite. You know, you can't just say, "Oh, uh, you know, Hardik Pandya was just being honest." No. Once I don't buy the role model theory because I think if if you decide that Hardik Pandya is your role model, then I think the problem is with. But I don't think it's with the role model. But when you have advertisements, I mean, he's a brand. He's not a human being anymore. He's a brand. So <coughs> BCCI have to take an action based on this. If a brand, if, if today he's, he, and basically his, you know, everybody now knows the kind of person he is, no matter what he does after this, it, 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 it's obvious. I, I possibly Kale Rahul might consider himself a little bit unlucky because I think he 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 got caught in the he got caught in the backdraft. Uh, because he said a few things too, but it was mostly Hardik Pandya. And uh, I think I think this is a very cautionary tale for for many of these IPL stars who are coming up and who are like seventeen, eighteen, who are suddenly being thrust yeah. with a lot of uh, with a lot of riches. And uh, their, you know, their behavior changes, and and their behavior changes in a way that's not an organic change. You know, when people evolve, it's it happens over time. But when you suddenly change, that that then becomes a problem. This same kind of thing happened to Azaruddin also. I've read books about him because he used to be a huge fan. When people like multiple people said that he suddenly changed, and. Well, while this kind of thing didn't happen to Azaruddin, other horrible stuff happened to him because of this. That people suddenly change. It's not, you know, suddenly he went from this extremely quiet, very quiet, God-fearing, you know, just focused absolutely 100% on cricket to a guy who was all, became all about buying the latest watches, the best suits, 
you know, being seen with like film stars. He just suddenly changed. It was, it was, a, and that's when trouble happens. When, when, when these sudden changes happen to people. And now, if you're not famous, that's fine. But when you when you occupy a position like Azharuddin in those days in Hardik Pandya, this unfortunately is what happened. I don't know if Hardik Pandya <laughs> will ever recover from this uh, in terms of his career. He might, he might not. But I think you can blame Karan Johar. I, I mean, I'm not going to blame Karan Johar because Hardik Pandya is an adult who has his own agency. He allowed himself to get into this position. But what's more important for me is that, you know, the... The, the 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 next generation of people like our current test wicketkeeper who i am afraid is on that path the mr rishav pant so it's very important for the rishav pants of the world to see what's happened to his senior and you know invest in you know i'm pretty sure no cricketer is going to go on karanju ever after this but this could have happened anywhere but to understand that they're always under scrutiny what they say what they do on social media what you know there's their cameras everywhere so it's not just a question of non consensual but it's a question of how you behave and you have to understand what's acceptable and what's not acceptable otherwise the public eye is not for you go if you love cricket go and become a ranji trophy cricketer and play in in front of near empty stands and then nobody will care but then you will not lead that life also you will be traveling in second class train compartment <laughs> sleeping on okay. the cold floor we know it's been a while but today we do have a what song and boy this one's a doozy so here it is ye mera chiku jo khata hai duniya ke gham bhul jata hai chakli if you know what song this is tweet it out to us or email us at appodcast@talkingstuff.net now let's get back to the show over to you arnab um okay so moving on let's talk about the test series um not something about like who it was an interesting thing is was ravi shastri said this was the greatest achievement of indian cricket even bigger than 1983 because this is ravi shastri he's obviously when he was speaking he had uh, he had gota in his mouth i'm guessing because of course this is not, nothing compared to 1983 it's first of all it's it's very different 1983 was special because india beat india was in one day in the one day rank of things they were possibly the last ranked team in the world and they beat the first ranked team in the world that was what made 1983 so special there's nothing can compare to 1983 because 1983 led to the cricket revolution this was the point from which indian national sport effectively went from hockey to cricket so there is nothing which can you know beat 1983 as in terms of significance not even definitely not even the 2011 world cup victory nothing 1983 is untouchable now beating australia in australia is a big deal no subcontinental team has done it and one should never definitely not take away any of the glory of the people of who participated who were part of this team <coughs> and it's also also silly to say but whether you know warner wasn't there smith wasn't there because you know ultimately you beat the team that you are given um so that itself is that itself is not the thing but yes in terms of uh, what india did and i give them credit for it is you know they they got australia at a time when it was historically its weakest this was possibly the weakest australian side i can imagine um from the 1980s days so there was a time in the 1980s when australia became very weak because in the one single test uh, dennis lilly rod marsh and greg chapel retired 
who are basically their biggest, you know, their the, the, the best batsman, uh, their their number one wicketkeeper and their number one bowler all went out in the same test match. And uh, Alan Border then kind of stepped in and he was, for about two or three years, it was a very, very weak Australian team. And uh, from that, he, you know, he won the World Cup in, in India, which was, again, a great achievement because he had Steve Waugh at that point of time. So he the first great Australian in the greatest Australian generation had come in by that time. But I think after a pre-Steve Waugh, early Steve Waugh, uh, Australian team, this was by far the weakest Australian team. In bowling terms, it was okay. But batting terms, it was terrible. Uh, I mean, Peter Hanscombe and all these guys are barely test bats. Again, this this does not take away this does not take away in any way the the significance, but it should also be a little bit tempering, especially when I see the, and this unfortunately has become a part of uh, part of communication in these days is to overstate the importance of something. To you know, this is the greatest achievement since nineteen eighty three. Do Ravi Shastri, please, and do, we are not pissing on your achievement, but please don't go and piss on the other achievements that other people have. You know. Whether, whether it be the Eden Test against Australia. I mean, people did far more dramatic things against far better sides, which over the years have led to far greater significant things. I would say India's T20 victory in the 2007 World Cup, that's led to the IPL. So if you look at in terms of significance, I don't think this is a particularly significant thing in, in any respect. It's an achievement, no doubt. But... In terms of its cricketing significance, I'm skeptical as to what the cricketing significance of this is. This is not like, and what's India's uh, ranking in the world now in tests? Isn't it number one? Yeah, I think they've won. If it's number one, then how is it a great thing if it beats any country? Right? It, it's not. Uh, by definition, number one, it's expected that number one will win. It's never been like that when we have traveled to Australia. True. Even Dhoni under Dhoni, we were number one after 2011 and then we lost eight tests in different places. So it's not true. But even if you just look at it in terms of what, what's the big deal about number one team beating, I don't know what, what the rank of Australia right now is. I don't think it will be great. One thing that I would, I mean, again, I think this is, if there's any significance in this test, it's, it's, this is the test series in which Pujara became a legend. So I think before this, Pujara has always been, there but not yet there he's 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 been a long time he's not a new guy he's been playing for i think close to 10 years if i'm not wrong um but he's never he's always been like the next rahul dravid but now he's kind of stepped out of the shadow i think with this uh and and the sheer amount of i mean just consider this year he started out this year by being dropped from the first test in england even though he was there and why was he dropped? Because he he'd been he'd been playing in England before the Test series, uh, <coughs> county cricket. But his he hadn't had a very good county season. But I was surprised because even though he hadn't had a great county season, at least he'd been playing in England for a long time. It, during the time in which it's most difficult time to play in England, which is early summer, and yet he was not selected for the first Test. Of course, he came in the next Test and had a fairly decent series. And now in, in Australia, he really showed the value of test cricket and sometimes people forget these things that in test cricket it's not about scoring runs it's just about it, it is about scoring runs but it's also about playing balls out it's basically playing out sessions and Rahul Dravid was a master at that and the reason why 
you know you play out sessions is that it gets the opposition tired it it it, it saps them of their strength that's why it's called a test match because of the length of the of the whole game which is a huge length you know this is it's a question of physical and mental intensity and when you bat like cheteshwar pujara it's not so much the runs he's scoring it's the amount of time he's making the opposition work you know that you you don't see it when they're batting and this was this used to be the case when you know when we lose big in outside i mean you would have england scoring 650 runs and india getting shot out for 200 and people would say oh, look at the great bowling no no it's not the great bowling it's the fact that india were out in the field for two and a half days chasing leather while the other guy made 650 runs for three wickets it is just mentally and emotionally and physically sapping so when you come out to bat your your fraction of what you could have been this is what is the significance of somebody like chiteshwar pujara is that he and i think kohli made a very very good point about hanuma vihari you know playing 80 balls for his eight runs or something he said this was this this the this, the the significance of this innings was much bigger than the number of runs he scored i would call this like equivalent to scoring a century and it's very nice that he appreciated that because when you come as an opener and if you play out 80 balls even if you don't score any runs you've more than enough served your value because the purpose of the opener is to make sure that the initial it's not just the new ball but the initial energy that the fast bowlers have has been exhausted so that the next time the the energy progressively goes down and especially what we did very successfully in this and this was it was shown because the australian batting kept co- collapsing it was for, firstly because the australian batsmen weren't that great it's also because they had they were spending an enormous amount of time in the field so while one can appreciate you know somebody like seva you know coming in opening and you know scoring a century in let's say 25 overs but a guy who scores a century in 75 overs is actually much more much more significant because he's made the other team work 50 more overs for that and this is what makes test cricket so unique i don't know about you but you know this latest one day series i'm not feeling it i just wish god damn i wish they had more test matches because one day it's kind of for me it's caught in this you know this twilight area where it's <laughs> yes. not t20 it's not t20 they did they did visibly boring portions of a one day game and then it doesn't have you know that drama of test matches it doesn't have that psychologically emotionally sapping part that you know test matches have so what exactly is one day i i i just don't understand why it exists in this day and age i understand there's a lot of prestige in the world cup and and i'm interested in the world cup because of the simple fact that it has been around here for so long that there is a layered story around the world cup that's why perhaps i care more for it than the t20 world cup but one day internationals as you know as as a game as a i i personally have lost interest in okay um so the last topic that i wish to discuss and we've been talking for 15 minutes now uh, because you know we had our birthday discussion is something which i want to be brief and want more be brief on but we can discuss this in more detail another day we had smitha prakash last time and uh, the the whole thing was about of course uh, Modi's interview and uh, one of the persistent one of the persistent complaints that our liberal media has against Modi is Modi ji does not give interviews. Modi ji does not uh, take press conferences. 
so for me the most important thing is there's no need for modi ji to uh to give press conferences or to sit down for one on one interviews i mean there is no obligation on part of the prime minister to talk to the media and the pro- and the thing is one of the big problems with modi with with the bjp government is it's it's over the years it has tried to play the game on they have they have allowed their opponents to set the rules of the game and they try to play the game on their pitches which again by modi by refusing to do press conference or by refusing to meet essentially antagonistic journalists he's actually doing a good thing he's refusing to play the game the way they want the game to be played the thing is modi is never going and one thing that has to be recognized is modi is not he does not do well in in front of um antagonism okay look at the way you know the late jailalita deals with i mean when karan thapar goes after her continuously i mean she doesn't walk out okay she doesn't like modi whenever he's faced with him you could see it in his face that he becomes upset he becomes angry jailalita's face does not change she just looks at him and she says whatever she has to say and at the end when he says you know i hope you had a great time she no i didn't have a great time <laughs> right. at all you know she obliterates him obliterates him at this point i mean she he tried to push her she did she, she see it's a fact with politicians is you don't have to give an answer she didn't give the answer if you look at the interview she didn't give him the answer he was expecting she didn't give him any answer but when the interview was over you knew that she had bested him see it takes a certain kind of politician to be able to do that with lalu yadav he he was also very good at doing that but his his technique was different so with lalu yadav his thing was he knew that the interviewer wanted some things from him he wanted him to play this you know village village simpleton thing which lalu yadav absolutely was not he was way more in his way more intelligent than any of the people who was interviewing him but he would give them exactly what they want him to do he knew that that is the path of least resistance if he plays the part they want him to play they will not poke him see that is see the different politicians some politicians handle them very well and some politicians just can't and modi can't so he shouldn't even try because the moment he tries he will end up creating you will be end up creating a video which will work to his detriment i mean another person is mamata banerji mamata banerji is a person who you know with that interview when she suddenly said you know those are interviews in a kind of a town hall where you know this this girl asked her a question and she said i'm sorry you were maoist that, that that's part of a theme if you remember when the podcast no, no, that is part of a theme that is that is a theme but the problem is she couldn't she shouldn't have said it see that's why she i've i've not seen her since then i you know take media she doesn't do these things she doesn't do town halls anymore and it's good because her political handlers have told her look this is not a venue you're particularly good at go make speeches modi is very good at speeches he's very good at you know doing voice modulation and and you know do do that stuff do the stuff that you're strong at don't don't go to the places that you're weak in it's too late for you to work on your game you know perhaps you could but it's too late there are some people who just cannot and and he will not he will not get a fair shake 
from ecosystem journalists. I mean, they're not going to, they're not going to give him a pass. So yeah, he does gives interviews. He gives interviews, possibly can say soft questions, but whatever it is, I think that the best thing for him is not to give interviews because, and if people get pissed off that he's not, you know, he's not open, let them be pissed off. See, once he says, let them be pissed off, he is in control and they aren't. But the moment he decides to sit down with a Sardesai or someone, they get into control and he's no longer in control. And unfortunately, he doesn't have the ability like Jalalita had to take the control back. If he was, then fine. See, there's a lot of people talk about Trump, but Trump is, if there's only one thing he can do in life is this. He can take it back. He can say whenever he wants. So people say even Trump gives press conferences, but Trump gives press conferences because he knows he's very strong at it. He doesn't answer questions. He lies through his teeth, but he gives it back. And when he gives it back, his audience cheers. When he calls CNN fake news, everybody cheers. When he almost gets this guy thrown out, everybody cheers. So he, he enjoys the fact. This is the only thing he's very good at is he's thrived in a, you know, he's not Modi. He grew up in, in extreme privilege. He grew up as a rich bully. He grew up investing and negotiating real estate, you know, deals with, you know, people who are not, let's say, the, who, let's say who walk on the, on the dark side of the law, which he does himself too. So he is very used to antagonism. He thrives off it. So for him, it makes sense, but it doesn't make sense for Narendra Modi. He's not that kind of a person. He doesn't have that background. So why should he give ammunition in that too in an election year when, you know, videos can be made viral, it can be WhatsApp. Why should he even do that? So for me, I think it's very important for the BJP. I know that BJP's media strategy is like absolutely not existent, but I think this is the one thing they've gotten right, which is not to sit down for interviews because no good uh, would come of it for Narendra Modi. So that's it for today. Yeah, I guess uh, that's we've covered a wide variety of uh, topics today, starting with birthdays and ending with uh, Narendra Modi. But uh, I guess that's our podcast for today. Remember to send in your feedback for attention plus to AP podcast at talkingstuff.net. And you can also WhatsApp us your questions uh, on uh, bouquets and big bats. So that's 9652578833. Remember to add the India code 91 if you are outside India. That's 9652578stuff. Also, make sure you subscribe to our new podcast, What's Up Geeks, a tech podcast without the tech. So you get news, views and interviews that you can actually use. And in our first episode, we've got a very special guest, former MP, Bajan Jayapanda. So you'll get to know the geek side of him. Loads of fun guaranteed. Thank you so much for listening. So until next time, take care. Stop. A magnificent strike in the